Hey, my name's Danny Deverna, and uh, we're glad that you could be here this morning. Trust that uh, God has worked in your heart my, some of my favorite songs today, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but thank you for being here. What I want you to do is I want you to look at the person next to you, and I want you to tell them with all authority that you matter to God. Did you mean it? Because it is so important to know that you do matter to God. Wow, that's great to know. No matter what we come here today, to know that God is here for us. You know, before 1984, in the theme of the Olympics in which we just got to see. How many of you watched the Olympics? Okay. In 1984, up until then, only men had participated in the Olympic marathon. I didn't know that until 1984. So you can imagine that first Olympic event that took place in 1984 when the women were able to be a part of that marathon. It's a very grueling marathon. And so the controversy was, is that women wouldn't be able to handle the, that kind of an event. And so these, these women with all their might were gonna do everything in their power to make sure that they were gonna make it through this event. And so, in 1984, in this first marathon event, Gabriella Anderson Schiss was 39 years old. She knew this was probably going to be her one and only chance to participate in this Olympic event. So she was determined that she was going to make it through whether she won or not. Well, the race was going well actually, for her. But as she was approaching the last 100 meters, she missed the fifth and final water break station and was not fear, fear, feeling very well, as you can imagine. Very grueling event. And because of the heat and humidity, her, she felt herself dehydrated and very exhausted. Her body was twisted, her left arm was limp, and her right leg was mostly seized up. She was on the verge of collapse. The officials tried to remove her from the event, but she would have no part of it. Now looking back, as she says, I see that people kind of identify with you because they see the struggle and they see that if you really set your mind to it, you can overcome a lot of obstacles. So what was it that caused Gabriella to finish that race? She didn't win that day, but it was determination and the drive within her that said, I'm going to finish that race no matter what it takes. Because she knew that if she had stopped 
If she had sat down, she would have never finished. In today's message, in the theme of the Olympics, I've entitled my message, The Heart of a Champion. And I want to help you to discover what it takes to get through this spiritual journey that we call life. How do we get through that? So from a spiritual perspective, there are three characteristics that I have found over the course of years that I believe that we must have in order to make it to that finish line. In the Bible, God refers to that spiritual journey that we're on as a race. And so here they are. If you have your outline uh, in your program as an outline, if you want to follow along, if you need something to write with, there's a pen in front of you, and um, you can follow along. So to have the heart of a champion, number one, is that you must be self-disciplined. You must be self-disciplined. Notice what um, 1 Corinthians 9.25, and I'm going to read on also to verse number 27. Notice what it says. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I'm here to tell you that I played sports. I love sports. Huge Michigan fan. I know. We got some Spartan fans too. I, I understand. <laughs> and that's good. But no matter what sport you're in, I remember in high school, I went to a private Christian school. It was a very small school. So we played flag football, and it was organized. And I remember in practice that they had, and I lived in Florida, in a little town called Fernandina Beach, Florida. It's up by Jacksonville. It's the last city, if you're coming from Florida going to Georgia, it's the last city. So they're kind of country people there. They're kind of, a lot of the people are actually from Georgia, moved, moved to Florida. And so I remember in practice, our coach, he was a big dude. And he got these big, giant tractor tires. And he would make us, in practice, pick up those tires, like flip them, and just keep flipping them, going down the field for training to make us better. And I remember, oh, man, I'm going to die. I was a scrawny little kid at the time. I was like 120 pounds. And, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> and so, you know, it, whatever training you're in, whatever you want to do, it, it, you've got to be self-disciplined. You've got to be motivated to accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. I am reminded by what Tom said about a month ago. If you were here, he talked about know your why. And why you do what you do, right? Know your why. Well, why do you do what you do? Why is it that you're in that kind of training? And it's important because when it comes to our spiritual journey, it's no different. 
there's no difference. If we want to cross that finish line, if we want to get there, when it comes to our spiritual journey, the game of life, the Bible talks about not being disqualified, right? If you don't follow the rules, if you don't follow the guidelines, you get disqualified, right? If you're in a race, right? And so these three disciplines, they're self-disciplines that will help us. And we hear them all the time, but it's still, we need to be reminded that these things must take place in order for us to make that spiritual journey where we want to be. And that brings me to number one, and that is consistent in going to church. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near, and man, are we seeing that today? We are seeing what's going on in our world and what's happening. We need each other more today than ever before. We need that. You know, I, we had some friends over that we really wanted to get to know. We had the Goffs over. And I don't know if most of you may or may not know them. And Julie asked me a really good question. Because she knew, Tammy and I, we've been in ministry for a little bit. Small amount of time. <laughs> I'll talk about that at the end. But she asked me a really good question. She said, Danny, what is different about Lake Point Church? What is it that you see that you see about Lake Point Church that you've never seen of any church in any ministry that you've ever been in? And you know what I told her? <clears throat> I said, it's because the people care about each other. I said, people around here volunteer like no other church that I've ever been involved in. What I saw at Vacation Bible School this year we had almost more adult workers than we had kids. Man, you ask any other church, they will tell you, man, we're dying because we don't have volunteers. And if you want to come and know what a healthy church looks like, you're in the right place. Because that, that is what is so important about when it comes to consistently coming to a church because you're in a healthy church and thank God that you are. And that's because of a lot of prayer and a lot of discipline because Satan wants to dig in his little ugly head and try and, and just ruin things because he knows what's going on. And so I'm here to tell you that consistent and going to church is probably one of the most self-disciplines that you can have. Number two, reading the word of God. Daily Bible reading. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
Psalms 119, verse 105. Notice what it says. The word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I did this this morning, so just bear with me, right? So I remember there was a song, and it's by Amy Grant. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I won't sing it anymore, okay? <laughs> but it's so true, right? It's our pathway. The word of God right here. If you don't have a good study Bible, get you a good study Bible. This is, so happens to be the NIV study Bible. But man, this is our path. This is what gets us through the good times and the bad times. It's getting in the word of God, knowing what it says. If somebody came to you and said, well, how do you know God's for real? Do you know what to say? How do you know this is all what it's cracked up to be? By getting in the word of God that helps you to do that. And then la the third thing that's really going to help us in our self-disciplines and dear to my heart because as a life group pastor is join a life group. Join a life group. Notice what Proverbs 27, 17 says. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, it's, it's doing life together, right? It's about not doing it alone. When we go through the tough times, when we go through the struggles, and I cannot think of a better example of doing life together than Rick and Dick Hoyt. Watch this video.
Powerful stuff, isn't it? Together is power. Don't do it alone. We're going to begin life groups the October 3rd, the first week in October. If you want to write that down, get involved in a life group. Doing life together gets us through the good times and the bad times. You know, um, Rick was born with cerebral palsy. The umbilical cord got wrapped around his neck. And so he was born with cerebral palsy at birth. And so the Hoyts wanted to um, make sure that their son was normal as best as possible. So by the age of 11, they had a specialized computer made so that he could communicate with um, the uh, family. And so uh, because of that, Rick was able to attend public school. This is very dear to my heart because I work with special need kids. Most of the kids that I work with are autistic. And so I see this on a daily basis, the progress that can take place when you treat them normal as best as possible. And so, believe it or not, Rick went on to graduate from Boston University in 1993 in a degree in special education. He later worked at Boston College in a computer lab helping to develop systems to aid in communication and other tasks for people with disabilities. Pretty amazing, huh? Now, as for Team Hoyt, get this. Rick told his dad that after that first race, he said, Dad, when I'm running, I don't feel like I'm handicapped. It's awesome, isn't it? By 2016, the Hoyts had competed in 1,130 endurance events including 72 marathons and six Ironman triathlons. Let me tell you something. I can't even make it a mile. <laughs> I, told, I told the nine o'clock group, Tammy and I, we, we, were, we, got, but we had bikes and we hadn't used them in a while, obviously, because we were, <laughs> we were, we went on the, we live on Clinton River Road, so we had the Clinton River Trail. And so I wanted to ride on the Clinton River. We said, let's just take a little ride. Right. <laughs> so we got on the Clinton River Trail, and our goal was to make it to downtown Utica. That's not that far. Dude, man, I did not make it very well. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not doing this anymore. The bike hurts. Man, I, I felt like I was bow-legged at by the time I got off the bike, right? And so, you know what I did? I sold the bike. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so, but what amazing, amazing thing. They ran, check this out. They ran the Boston Marathon 32 times. 32 times. In 1992, 
Dick and Rick biked and ran across America, 3,000, says on the screen, 3,770 miles, and they did it in 45 days. Amazing. It's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it and determination and will and the drive that you have. Dick Hoyt just recently passed away, March 17th, 2021, at the age of 80 years old. Now, I'm telling you, that is a true example of doing life together. And that's why we put such an emphasis on small groups. And so I'm here to tell you, get involved in a small group. Secondly, to have the heart of a champion, you must show patience and endurance. Notice what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Here it is. And let us run with endurance. The grace that God has set before us. See, when it comes to our spiritual journey, it's progressive. I don't care if you've been saved, if you've been a Christ follower for a year, or if you've been a Christ follower for over 50 years, you are always going to be in training. You are always going to be in training. And you know, there's several things that I've noticed about a champion. And that is, they've got determination. They will themselves to win. They have drive. It takes total commitment, whatever they're doing. You know what? They're all in. Right? They're all in. They're committed to whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. It reminds me of the back-to-back -back Detroit Pistons when they won the championship, back-to-back. -back. They had a hurdle that they had to get past. They had to get past those crazy Boston Celtics to get to the championship, right? They kept, they kept getting close, but then they would lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. And finally, they overcame that. Then they had to get past the Los Angeles Lakers, the dreaded Los Angeles Lakers. Man, I was so happy when they won in 2004, when they beat Shaq and Kobe Bryant. I Man, I was like, woo-hoo, right? I mean, it, it, it's because they were a team that worked together. There was no superstar on that team, but they had one thing. They had drive. They had commitment. They were all in. And so it also, it, it takes patience. I mean, this journey that we're on, the spiritual journey being progressive, it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes, it takes a lot of training. You know, the Sloan girls back here, they run. They're, they compete. Can you imagine if Allie and Katie said, you know what, I'm just going to show up on game day, run, and let's see what happens. What do you think would happen, Katie? You'd probably be pretty embarrassed, right? Right, Allie? Right. 
Well, it's the same thing that happened with my daughter. So my daughter, Danielle, in 2019, her and her best friend, Chelsea, decided, well, you know what? We're going to do this half marathon in California. Okay? And so why? I have no idea. <laughs> but they did. I guess it was a bucket list thing that they wanted to do. So they did. So Danielle, she'd start training and start running. And, you know, she said, you know what? I, if I remember right, she said, you know what? I need some better shoes because, man, my feet hurt when I run. So she went and bought some special running shoes, right? I guess that's what you do, right? Yep. See, they're shaking her head. Yep. And so she did. And so they started training, started, you know, getting right, trying to work on their times, get better at their times. And you know what? They made it. They passed that finish line. And you know what else? This is just a side note. Danielle got a husband out of it. Because Danielle's best friend, Chelsea, because Chelsea had to work one day, she goes, Danielle, why don't you just go on a blind date on Hinge and just do it for fun? And I couldn't believe my daughter went with it. But you know what? She got a husband out of it. And I'll tell you what, we love our son-in-law. It's awesome. So, hey, you never know what might happen, right? <laughs> so, but you know, training together. They did it together. They went out to California. Her best friend, Chelsea, lives out in California. She went out there. They trained, and they finished the race because they trained to do it. And that's the same thing. Doing life together with someone is so important when it comes to our spiritual journey. It's so that you can, be, that you can have support, so that you can be encouraged, so you can hold each other accountable. This is why we exist at Lake Point Church. This is what we're here for. You know, it reminds me, it, it's such a, such a beautiful picture. And that's our women's mentoring program. What an amazing example about doing life together. And I'll tell you, I hope the men eventually that we catch up about mentoring each other. It's about doing life together. When we struggle, when things are happening in our life, that we, that we are doing it together, working through those struggles. And it's such an amazing, if that's something that you want to be a part of, you let us know. Because it's such a beautiful picture of why we do what we do here at Lake Point Church. And lastly, point number three, to have the heart of a champion, you must never, 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 ever give up. Never, ever give up. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is really dear to my heart. Because most of you don't know my ministry spiritual journey. Tammy and I, we graduated from college. I graduated in 1982. So that dates me. Just exactly how old I am. <laughs> 
And when we got out of college, you know, every dream for every minister would be to go to a church to serve and serve there the rest of your life. To serve there till the day that God calls you home. But I can tell you for a fact that never happened in my life. The first four years of ministry, first three years, were a complete struggle. We were in churches that just were not healthy. When you look back, here I was young, I was 22, 20, 23 years old, right? Coming out of school, ready to take on, take on the world for God. And it was a struggle. And I moved forward in 1985. We were living in, we were living in California. And God had called us to a church in a little small town of Saraland, Alabama. And we, we went and checked out the church. We wanted to see if this is where God have us. And the church seemed like it was what we were looking for, that it looked like it was healthy. It looked like it was financially healthy to where they could take us on and support our family. We were there, we moved there in 1985, and we were there five weeks. And the church had a church parsonage, and we had moved all our stuff in the church parsonage. We were, we were excited because we were actually in a house, and that's a whole nother story. But we, were in, we put all our stuff in this house. We were there five weeks, and the church split right down the middle. A hundred people walked out the door that day. And as a young minister, I was completely devastated. I was, I was torn up. I, I don't remember, with Tammy and I, I don't remember that conversation. But I do know this. I was ready to give up. I was ready, I, I was ready to say, you know what? If this is what ministry is all about, I'm going to go do something else. If it was not for the strong upbringing from my family, my dad being a pastor and going through, knowing some things about being in the ministry, I probably would have quit that day. Because it was such a devastating thing for me. And thank God, I didn't quit. I wanted to. I thought about it. And, you know, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for the, at the proper time we will reap a harvest we, when we do not, if we do not, if we do not give up. What I clung to, Back in that day was Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work to good. That all things work together for good. That song today, Waymaker. I lost it this morning. When I came in. I came in early and they were playing that. Tom was playing that. And after they got done. I told the 
worship team, I said, I needed that. In fact, this is no lie. I was going to call Tom and ask him if he would play that today. But I left it up to God and said, you know what? Tom's got it. God's going to use him. And that was the song he played. Because even when I don't feel it, even when I don't realize that he's working, he is. He's working. Because let me tell you something. In 1992, fast forward, there was a youth ministry that got started out of ground zero. I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to do in my life? You know? But there was this youth ministry that got started from ground zero. If I had quit, these guys right here wouldn't be here possibly today. Jenna, Courtney, Mike, Chris. Aaron probably would still be around. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing his family. But there was, there was this girl who started coming to our group. She became a Christ follower. Her name was Mary Rainey McFarland. I was hoping she was going to be here today. And she became a Christ follower. She invited this 15-year-old girl named Jenna Martin Gibson. And Jenna Martin Gibson became a Christ follower. She turned around and invited her friend Courtney Ling Miller. <laughs> she became a Christ follower. Jenna turned around and invited her friend Mike Vermish. He became a Christ follower. came to one of our all-nighters first time that he came and it makes it brings back such memories in my life that if they if I had quit the people's lives that it could have changed if I had quit but I didn't quit because out of that group came two executive pastors a pastor's wife now We were, it got to the point that at some point there were like 20, 25 kids coming from Eisenhower High School alone. Then kids started coming from Henry Ford High School. And God just blessed. I didn't see it then. And I was ready to give up. But God used these guys. And so I'm here to tell you this morning, don't ever give up. In fact, when Jenna first started coming, Donna, her mom, thought she was in a cult. <laughs> she will tell you that. Because Jenna was so involved, she was at, she was at stuff more than she was at home probably. Then probably thought, what is going on? But it's because her life was changed that day. And I'll tell you, you don't ever want to give up because you don't know how many people's lives are going to be affected. 
It brings me to the verse now that I cling on to a lot. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Because at the end of the day, when my journey is done, when I stand before God Almighty, more than anything, I want to hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because see, if I had quit in 2011, God gave me the opportunity to come to Lake Point Church. And this year, in November, I'll have been here 10 years serving with you guys. And next year, in May, Tammy and I will have been in ministry 40 years because we didn't quit. And I'm going to continue to do so until the day I die. And so I'm telling you, Never, ever, ever give up because you never know what God's going to do. Let's pray. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know why God has brought you here today, but I pray that you have self-discipline, that you use that, that you show patience and endurance, and that you never, ever give up. Whatever your next step is with God, I pray that, that you will listen to the call of God. Father God, I pray that, that through our example that, that you would just speak to us today. There might be somebody here today that's just ready to give up on life because of circumstances and things that are going on in their life. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help them never, ever give up. Thank you, God, for bringing us here today. In Jesus' name, amen.